Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and joining us on the show this week is British Columbia recording artist Daniel Wesley talking about his new EP called Beach Music. We also welcome actor, director, singer, and performer Will Bowes chatting about his new single called Runway Lights and how he manages to balance both his singing and acting careers. Our music editor Sharon Hyland pops by so we can discuss the relevance of Las Vegas residencies and we showcase some new music from Mika, Jim Cuddy of Blue Rodeo, and Mark Ronson and Camila Cabello. Daniel Wesley has been on the Canadian music scene since 2006 and has released several albums including his debut, Outlaw. We can't wait to find out more about where his career is headed. Daniel, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be back. So I want to take our audience back a little bit with regards to how your music career got started. Uh, can you give us a sense of how that sort of kick-started? Yeah, I, I played in bands as a teenager growing up in my early, early 20s. I'm 37 now. Um, it, the band kind of broke up a bunch of times, and I found myself alone with a guitar. So I wanted to keep writing songs, and I'd been the primary writer in the bands I played in the singer, so it wasn't that far of a reach and uh, ended up recording the first album, Outlaw, and just haven't really looked back. Just kind of, um, you know, made as much music as I can with what I got and met a lot of friends along the way. Now, when it comes to instrumentation, obviously you just mentioned you play the guitar. Do you play a lot of other instruments as well? I can dabble at most things, um, depending on what it is for recording. I'll play some keys on stuff, but... I'm mostly a guitar and vocalist kind of guy. Okay, cool. Now, speaking of uh, your, I guess, beginnings and stuff, was, was your family and friends always supportive of this idea of you being in the music industry? Oh, totally. But uh, my parents definitely tried to instill in me to get a backup plan, which I really didn't try and get for quite a long time. And then I remember I was working one dead-end job before I made this record, or the first record, sorry. Uh, back in 2004 or something like that. And and I saw this electrical apprenticeship, so I ended up taking that, and uh, my parents were pretty happy with that until I quit a couple of years later because music was too much uh, going on. So, But I uh, come back to about four years ago, I ended up um, decided to go back and do it as well as do my music, and I got my electrical ticket too. So it's uh, one of those things where the backup plan is great to have, but I never really wanted to to have it but it's a good thing now I'm father too and that we can all fall back on talk to us about the type of music that you grew up listening to and if you think it still plays a part in who you are as an artist today um well, I grew up in a big family and we had a Volkswagen van or various Volkswagen vans growing up and my mom would always just um James Brown um the Beaches soundtrack was a big one for some reason and uh we were always just listening to music driving around um, the rest of my siblings are somewhat musical, but didn't really pursue a career in music at all. But um, I don't know, from an early age, it was just kind of listening to music in the early age and having it around me all the time. It gave me a little bit of an earworm, and I haven't really lost it at all. Joining us on the show is recording artist Daniel Wesley. Make sure you grab all of his social media handles from his website, danielwesley.com. I wanted to ask you as well, how has being from the West Coast influenced you as an artist? Does it play a part in the songs you write and, and all that sort of good stuff? Is there like an essence of West Coast in you all at all times? Yeah, um, I definitely definitely think subconsciously I am um, influenced from where I come from. 
um, being by the ocean, growing up, you know, on the beach a lot. And even now where we live, um, being right by the beach, but surrounded by mountains is really kind of, um, without knowing it, become a staple for what I do with my music, which is to kind of make beach music that makes people feel good. So it's, uh, it's definitely there, but I, I, you don't really realize sometimes how impactful your surroundings can be. Talk to us about the EP Beach Music. What do you want people to take away from it? Like, is it a collection of songs? Is it thematic? What's the story? Well, there's going to be a full album in September called Beach Music, and it's all done, but we thought we'd kind of separate in two parts this collection and five songs um, coming out in June. They're all fairly happy, upbeat, summery, beachy songs. And yeah, they all kind of live together. And then there was another five or songs that are going to be on the album. And they're more acoustic, um, slower, much more chill, but they really live together with them all. I've recorded it in Vancouver, but I've been living on the Sunshine Coast for a couple of years with our, my family here now. And I think the lifestyle's really um, been a big influence on where the record's headed, which is like a real acoustic roots kind of thing. The lead single is called Fire. Why did you choose that song to kick off the project? Um, it's pretty catchy. It's funny. I've been playing some shows recently and some people know I've heard it because it's released now, but some people don't. And by the time I'm done the song, uh, I got a lot of people singing the chorus out loud along with me, which is a great thing. So just kind of sometimes you see things, you never know what song is really going to connect with people, but you just got to go with your gut. And, uh, for some reason, my gut and our guts, uh, as a team I have, kind of figured that would be a good entry point. Do you kind of know, Dan, pretty quickly if you're on to something or not? Like, do you kind of have a feeling like, yeah, like you said, with fire, like you knew it was going to go? Yeah, I mean, I do. Um, I usually don't really record songs unless I think they've, they're good. <laughs> uh, usually don't even elaborate on them with the writing process if it's something that's just... Um, not going to happen, then I usually leave it. And uh, usually the songs that are the best songs that people like the most, it's become the most popular, are the ones that happen really quickly and really spontaneously and seem not like effortless at all, but it's all that hard work of trying to write or of writing music um, and putting in that time that sometimes pays off and gets you that almost like a free pass where the song kind of drops in your lap. And that was the case with fire. I was in Tofino on a surf trip with a friend and I was sitting on the beach and I just started playing, just suddenly started playing the course. Just kind of happened. So. Hanging out with us on the Kelly Alexander show, recording artist, Daniel Wesley from Vancouver. You can grab all of his social media handles by hitting up his website, danielwesley.com. I wanted to ask you, Dan, are you still with 604 records? Because I know that that label means quite a bit to a lot of folks across the country. I'm not. I actually recorded three albums with them, and uh, they were a great label to work with. But in 2000, I believe it was 2013 was the last album that I recorded with them. And, uh, yeah, they seem to have lots of success, success still to this day. I thought it would be great to try to try my own thing and be do my, my own basic kind of label kind of thing. So it seems to be working out pretty good. And, uh yeah, but they were definitely a good label to be with. Actually, talk to us about heading out on your own, because more and more artists are doing that these days, trying to make sure that they have control over what's going on. Uh, how do you find the Canadian music scene for an independent artist who's trying to do his own thing? 
it's difficult. I mean, this industry, there really is only a handful of people that things seem to go amazing for, and, and I'm sure it's never that easy for them either. But um, like anything, it's a lot of hard work, and sometimes it's not payoff for things that you really work your butt off for. But uh, one thing I saw with working with a label is they were just outsourcing and hiring a lot of, you know, like press and radio tracking and stuff you know, outwardly anyway. So it kind of was like the same model. It's just instead of doing them putting up the money or putting up the money yourself as an artist, which can be stressful at times and there's budgets and stuff like that involved, not to bore you to death, but um, yeah, there's something about obtaining, you know, your own music and sometimes it's for better. Sometimes it's for worse, but I just enjoy doing it and going to keep doing it. For you and social media, does that play an important part in who you are again as an indie artist, like making sure that people and new people know about you online? I'm really bad at that. (laughs) (laughs) Social media thing. I I really, it's not something I completely dig or really uh, inspires me. Um, But I've done the best I could over the years. um, And we actually hired um, a, a company that does social media stuff to help me out with that. Uh, I'm still doing postings and stuff like that, but they're, they're much better. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm just not tech savvy or what, but sometimes it's hard for me to get all the, you know, the show poster and this info and that info all together when it comes to that. It's just not my strong suit. So it's nice to be able to hire someone that can help me out with that. And definitely the presence has been much more out there uh, since um, we've had uh, my friend Vanessa on the team. And it's good. It's it's great. It's just a whole other avenue of trying to get your music out there. And really, it's the main avenue now because no one's really, you know, that's kind of how people figure out. That's how people get all their information now, right? When it comes to the album, the full album being released, are you going to head out on tour to support it? Or are you actually going to tour before that? We're doing some tour dates this summer, but there'll be a full-fledged um, national tour in the fall supporting the full album. Um, but we're just kind of taking some fest- small festivals kind of thing over here on the West Coast and just doing some other shows. And I should be coming out actually east of Toronto um, for when the EP comes out as well. What's your thoughts on the eastern part of Canada, like Toronto, Montreal, out east? Like, is it an important part for you to make sure you get out there and, and get your fans? Yeah, it's definitely important. Um, it's such a big country that, like, touring Canada is such a, um, laborsome, laborsome expense, but it's really worth it. And uh, you just kind of have to be smart where you go and when you do it. And and and, and usually, uh, I've kind of been doing it long enough that you kind of know when when the time is right to try and go hit a place up and, and play shows there. I did want to ask you as well with regards to you being a dad. Um, how has that affected you as an artist, or has it not? Like, is 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 that something that plays into who you are now? Yeah, for sure. Um, at first, you don't really realize it. And then you realize, wow, I haven't really done anything for myself for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the time thing was one thing that you get used to, where before kids, everything's about yourself. You've got nothing but time. So you waste a lot of time. At least I did. So now it's like when you've got that hour and it's like I can go to my studio and just, you know, kind of be myself and do my thing it's uh it's a super important hour so i mean 
of course, with having children, it's so amazing um, experience being a dad, and there's so much life, so many life lessons that you learn and continue learning. But the biggest thing for me that I've learned is that uh, to try and use that time when you do get it as wisely as you can. And where do you see yourself in the next like 12 months to 18 months? Like, do you have specific goals set out, or you're just gonna do what you need to do, get this album out and tour, and then and then you know see what happens then? No, we're working on getting out to Australia and UK, Europe, and I really don't see why those things wouldn't happen. And yeah, I'll probably just keep writing in the next 18 months and be more music out there. So Awesome. Uh, Dan, it's been so great to have you back on the program uh, again, and you're always welcome back and, and continued success. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's recording artist Daniel Wesley. Make sure you grab all of his social media handles, danielwesley.com. The Kelly Alexander Show, bringing you fresh sounds like this. Time for a look at some new music. Back in 2007, our radios were constantly blasting a song called Grace Kelly from English artist Mika. That song was everywhere in 2007 and was named as one of the best songs of the year. Mika has gone on to have a very successful recording career, selling over 10 million albums, and he's now released a brand new song called Ice Cream, which, as you can hear, has a very 80s vibe. It's super catchy, super awesome, very happy he has released this track. Mika's fifth album, by the way, called My Name is Michael Holbrook, is going to be released this fall, October the 4th. On the road to my horizon Jim Cuddy of Blue Rodeo has just released a new album called Countrywide Soul, where he reworks some of his own solo material, as well as tunes from Blue Rodeo, and even covers some classic songs, including the one you're hearing now, Rhinestone Cowboy from Glen Campbell. How awesome is this version? This is something a little bit off the beaten path for me, but totally enjoying it, and Jim Cuddy is such a great talent, a great Canadian. And I remember you told me Now, earlier this year, DJ and producer Mark Ronson won an Academy Award for his collaboration with Lady Gaga on their hit song, Shallow. Well, now Mark is on to some new projects, including a new collaboration with former Fifth Harmony member Camila Cabello. The song you are hearing right now, Find You Again, and it has a catchy, catchy melody that you're going to be humming all day long. Now, Mark's fifth studio album, Late Night Feelings, drops later on this month. June 21st, he also has collaborations with Miley Cyrus and Alicia. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Joining us now on The Kelly Alexander Show is our music editor, Miss Sharon Hyland. Hello, Sharon. That's me. That is you. (laughs) You're so happy to be here. Yes. Now, this week, we are talking about Las Vegas residencies. It uh, it wasn't that long ago that the perception of Vegas, for entertainers at least, is that it was the place you go to die. Uh, but <laughs> at least career-wise. Uh, but since I would say Celine Dion and Elton John, Shania Twain, uh, I feel like they have given Vegas a, a different, they've taken away the stigma. I feel like they are, are the leaders in that, maybe. So we'll start with, have you ever been to a Vegas residency? I've never been to a Vegas residency. I have been to Vegas uh, a couple of times. Um, I saw the Beatles' uh, Love, mm-hmm. so a Cirque du Soleil. 
Which is fantastic, by the way. You should really check that out. Okay. Uh, very relaxing and, and wonderful. Um, but no, I've not been to a residency, but though I have friends that have. I've heard of it, even though it's in Vegas and they're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> I have heard that the shows are fantastic. They have indeed talked about it. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to, because I know that there's been Vegas shows going on for years. Like, I realize that. But I think for a long time, there was this perception where it really wasn't the best place to go. Well, and the funny thing is about that is that no artist would have said that. Except maybe Justin Timberlake, but we'll talk about him later. Yeah, <laughs> Justin. But like, the, to think that the people that are going there to perform, they're going there, people are paying money to see them, mm-hmm. they're getting paid. So if they're in a section of their career where uh, at least the perception was that they, they were still working artists, so they were getting paid to work. Yep. They were still able to pay their bills. They were still able to put food on the table for their family, etc. They were working, mm-hmm. working artists. Uh, so who comes up with the fact that that's where you go to die? Do you know what? Like, is it bad media? Is it just trying to stir the pot a little bit? But, you know, you think of the punchlines like a Wayne Newton in the yeah, 60s, 70s. For sure. But he was like the king of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a bad thing to do a residency or to do shows there, period. But someone tapped into that and went, oh, okay, well, let's let's get Elton John, Britney Spears. You're going to spend a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. Shania, like you said, Celine, and, and on and on and on. There's a long list of people that aren't just doing uh, big theatrical residencies, but smaller clubs. Yeah. What's her name? Gwen Stefani. Gwen and Cardi B. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good old what's her name? <laughs> That no, one. but like you can go to a place like that and make it like destination rocking, yep. you know, and mm-hmm. you're hitting many birds with one stone and and it's Vegas. Exactly. Wow. And and the thing is, though, would you say the last four or five years, I want to say, where it's really hit its stride, like Jennifer Lopez is there, Britney Spears is yeah. there, Christina Aguilera is now there, Jenna Jackson is now there. Um, and actually, my second question, I guess, with that is when it comes to dance acts like a Britney, like a Christina, like a Janet they almost are taking on a life of their own because it's really like a big spectacle, as we would say in like Francais. Yes, we would say that. <laughs> uh, but you have to consider how, how even better an idea it is from the company perspective who would have to figure out the budget on how to get those 12 dancers from show A to B to C to D. This way, they go there mm-hmm. and they can work out a deal with the hotel. So everything everything is uh, is less expensive. Mm-hmm. They're giving hotel rooms away there. All you got to do is play a slot machine. <laughs> it's That's true. the short story. There's m- many details in the middle that I'm leaving out. But it makes more financial sense for shows like that that would sell mm-hmm. a moderate amount of tickets, let's say, um, but if they have a, if it's a big spectacle, as we say in English, um, <laughs> then it becomes more cost efficient to have people come to you versus you bringing that whole show on the road. Do you think there's ever a danger that more artists will keep doing that and then they won't hit the road for a tour? Because like not all of us can get to Vegas. No, because I think uh, schedules will get clogged up. Okay. There's only so many days in a year, so many clubs in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um and there's many more bands that have uh, that have to tour and, and do their thing. And I think that there are artists that uh, do want to see the world and do want to get to their fans and see how they live and how they're relating to the music and make that whole connection on that level, too. So, no, I don't think that there's any risk that uh, touring as we know and love it will will end. Now, let's speak <laughs> of Mr. Timberlake, because he is actually someone who went on record within the last year, I would say, about Vegas, where he was like, 
yeah, I feel like that's where you go to die. Like he basically said that in an interview and I read it somewhere. So, and that was basically the tone. I'm not sure if that's exactly the words he used, but it was, it was, he's not ready to go do that because he feels like that's when things are not going well. And if, you know what, he asked, he was asked a question. He didn't go in and hold a press conference and say, I have thoughts on yeah, Vegas. Exactly. Someone asked him a question and he answered it. Mm-hmm. Fair. So if that's his opinion, that's fine. But it's rude. <laughs> and know? it's presumptuous. It's and- a lot of things that are wrong and a lot of things that you're like, Justin, just don't. <laughs> you know, he could have said, like, if I'm going to play both sides, he was asked a question. He answered it. Honest opinion. Fair. But he also could have said, well, good for them. Mm-hmm. He could err on the side of positive and point out the fact that these people are still working yep. and that there's interest in uh, in the fans that want to see it and want to experience it and are willing to travel. That's saying something, too. Yeah. And his fellow boy banders, not in his own band, but the Backstreet Boys have had a very successful run. They just wrapped up like maybe a month ago or something. And now they're actually heading out on a world tour. They're going to be in our city uh, later on the summer. But yeah, their their ve- residency was amazing. And, and when they wrapped up, because I follow a bunch of them on social media, and they were just thrilled to pieces how well it had gone. And I feel sure. like they will head back there, the Backstreet of Boys. Of course. And it's a different mindset, too. There's there's getting your head in the travel and making sure you know where you are, that you're treating each audience in a way, in their own city, respectfully. You have to not get comfy if you're staying in the same place all the time. You have to make sure that you make it fresh for the people that are coming to see you. So that each scenario presents its own challenges, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, uh, since you asked, that's why I gave my opinion. And uh, if you were to ask Justin, <laughs> we would just tell him not to give it. Exactly. We want your opinion, but don't. It's rude. Now, Britney Spears, his former girlfriend, of course, uh, she had a very successful run for a couple of years. She yeah. was actually supposed to be heading back before her dad got sick, and then she had uh, stuff to deal with with her own mental health. But I do think when she's ready, she's heading back there and not out on tour. At least in her case, I think it's safer for her to be in Vegas. For sure. Yeah. And why not? Yeah. She's She should be allowed to work. Mm-hmm. She should be allowed to, uh, you know, express herself artistically. And at the same time, like I said before, she pleasing her fans. Yeah, exactly. They want to see her still. They do, exactly. And they have access to money now that they're grown up. Now, you mentioned earlier that Cardi B uh, would be doing a gig, a gig there. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think I bring her up because... She doesn't have a large repertoire, if you will, behind her. She does her. have a large booty. She does, uh, which <laughs> she, she's very happy to share with the world. It's true. Um, but who is going to be successful there? Will a Cardi B be successful there? Or do you need to be like, a, not a legacy act, but like, like a J-Lo where you've got tons of hits and a Britney, you've got tons of hits. No, I think that, uh, I think that, I th- it'll, it'll make me sound sort of a cornball. I think anybody can be successful there. Okay. You know, if you're prepared to put on the show that you... And do the work. And do the work. Because if you do a bad show, it takes five seconds for someone to pick up their phone who's not enjoying your show and say, this sucks. <laughs> and that spreads like wildfire, it right? Does, so you have to make sure that you're uh, putting in the work in order to get the the fan appreciation. Before I let you go, is there a specific act that you would like to see in Vegas? Like, would you go... I'd go to anything, I think. Okay. Um... Like Elton John had his uh, residency there. Aerosmith, I got feedback from a couple of friends that went that it was amazing because it's like a five or 6,000 uh, seat venue, mm-hmm. which takes that big rock experience and makes it slightly more intimate, but still sort of big at the same time. Um, no, I think that every every artist would uh, would have something to offer. Who would I not see? I don't know. You would love know. to go see Janet. I would. I've, uh, it's been a long She's time since reviews. I've seen Janet, yeah. and yeah. I think that, uh, gosh, like this many years into uh, 
into her catalog. It would mm-hmm. just be like one thing after another. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Beyonce yeah. and Kelly Rowland were there recently uh, to see Janet. And, they, and the great thing was there was video footage of it. And they were just dancing, having a great time. And it's awesome to see... Uh, I mean, they, they, they've made no, no bones about it. Like Janet has obviously influenced them over their career, sure. so that's no problem. But it was just so cool to see them having a great time as audience members because they weren't in like a box or anything. They were in the crowd having a great time. So Were the people around them real people or security guards going, back off! <laughs> I'm sure there was at least one to the left, to the left. Um, <laughs> nice there we go. Sharon, thank you so much for this. Thank you. That is our music editor, Sharon Highland, And of course, Sharon and I both co-host another podcast that we'd love for you to check out, 90s Now. 90snow.com and of course we are available on all the major podcast platforms The Kelly Alexander Show Keep in mind that you can subscribe to our show on major podcast platforms like Stitcher Radio, Spotify and Google Play Joining us on the show is Toronto based actor, director, singer and songwriter Will Bowes Will has a ton of TV work under his belt including appearances on Degrassi Saving Hope, Rookie Blue and Murdoch Mysteries. Will is about to release a single called Runway Lights and is here to tell us all about it as well as what is up next for him when it comes to a full-length album? Will, welcome to the Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Starting off, I have to ask you, how did you begin your career in entertainment? Because it seems that you are into everything, acting, singing, directing, all that sort of stuff. So where did it all start? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I've kind of grown up around media and entertainment my whole life. Um, both my parents were actors, so I grew up between Toronto and Stratford because they would be working at uh, something called the Shakespeare Festival in Stratford during the, the festival season. So I was always just surrounded by, you know, colorful characters, actors, performers, and people that were really involved in the arts. So I feel like it's kind of just been in the family business. I've just always loved media and entertainment and telling stories, and it's it's cool to be able to use multiple outlets to do that. Do you feel closer to one art form over another? Like, for example, does singing speak more to you than your acting does? It's a really good question. I feel like they all have they all have their own kind of their their different paths, but I would say that I think you know when you can really get into that incredible vibe where you're you're singing to an audience who's really receptive and they're really feeling it, and you're just sort of making people's night. That's something really special, and it's those moments that I feel like kind of kind of separate other things like directing and acting. Now, I know you mentioned just a few uh, moments ago that you're, it's kind of like the family business that you're in. So I'm imagining then that your family and friends very supportive of your life in the arts or were they like, go be an accountant? No, you know what? I think I was, I mean, I was really <laughs> fortunate to grow up with a family that was super supportive. You know, I think uh, I went to art schools growing up, you know, from grade four to 12. And I think because my parents were into it, I think they always uh, encouraged it as opposed to discouraged it. I think, you know, a lot of families, if you have, you know, um, sons or daughters who want to be artists, I think a lot of parents can sometimes be discouraging. And sometimes that's warranted because, you know, it's a bit of a difficult journey to go on. And it's not necessarily the most financial, financially profitable business. But um, I think, you know, when it comes to, to being an artist, it's either something you, you have to do or it, or it isn't. And in my case, it definitely definitely is. Now, here's something I don't know. Are you uh, someone who plays different instruments? Like, do you play the guitar? Do you play the piano? I mean, I can play piano and, and guitar. I definitely took lessons as a kid, but I would say that um, vocals are kind of my primary instrument. Okay, cool. And give yeah. us a sense of the type of music you were listening to growing up, and is that uh, a genre that you yourself now produce? 
Yeah, what was really cool about growing up in my house was that there was just such a different array of music from all different types of genres going on. So, you know, we listened to the Beatles, we listened to the Chieftains. My mom was really obsessed with Sarah McLaughlin growing up. So I, I feel like I was really exposed to a, a wide range of, of music. I would say I really connected, obviously, to, you know, the, the Beatles and the Stones and the classics. But I also really fell in love with, um, like, soul and funk music and um, Otis Redding and Stevie Wonder and, um, you know, The Temptations. And there were a lot of those greatest hits CDs in my house growing up. And so that was the music that would kind of fill the air when, like, cooking dinner and stuff like that. So th that's the music that I actually really like to perform live. Um, when it comes to my own music, I would definitely classify it as more like pop, adult contemporary. So that's what you're going to hear on the full-length record when it comes out. Joining us on the show is recording artist Will Bowes. Make sure to grab all of his social media handles from his website, willbowes.com. You were speaking about uh, the fact that you like pop music. I'm just wondering, do you have like a guilty pleasure that you would, that you would tell us, that you would let us in on the secret? Well, I mean, I'm honestly not even really that guilty about it. I feel like I I loved Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and the Backstreet Boys growing up. Um, actually, you know what? I think the Spice Girls was one of the first CDs that I ever bought. But um, I, I've always just been, I've always been absolutely fascinated by not only pop music, but who's been writing this pop music. And I remember like that Baby One More Time record coming out and, and discovering who Max Martin was, who's an you know incredible Swedish songwriter who's such a, a the genius behind so many different pop hits and it's always been a genre that's fascinated me you know like why it works how it works how it gets people moving and how it connects with with people on such a mainstream level so definitely trying to do that with the first single runway lights when it comes out on july 5th now we're going to talk about the single in just a sec but because you brought up songwriters i wanted to ask you i uh i, I read or i heard i think it i think it was both i think i read and i think he said it in another interview but ryan tedder from one republic uh recently talked about how if you want Want to be a songwriter you need to go where that is so either like uh nashville or los angeles and then he even mentioned toronto which is fantastic for us up yeah. here in canada so i'm just wondering like because you're in the toronto scene do you really feel that toronto is you know one of the hot spots like you would not have to move to la to to become a better songwriter I really do. And I really feel that way now more than ever. I feel like Toronto has become an incredible, creative, cultural hub. Um, you know, you have artists like I remember looking at the Billboard Hot 100 uh, one week and it was just flooded with, you know, Drake, Shawn Mendes, The Weeknd, all these amazing Canadian artists, Alessia Cara. Um, I really think Canada is killing it right now. And so I think the notion that you have to sort of displace yourself or move to L.A. or move to Nashville in order to make something happen um, isn't always correct. I think that, you know, a great song can come from anywhere. Now, let us chat about the new single, Runway Lights. What is it about? Yes. I'm so excited to, to get this out. It's so crazy when you're sitting on a product for so long and you've, you know, you're like, I'm so sick of listening to it because I've been working on it and giving the mix notes and everything. So I can't wait for it to get into other people's ears. Um, it, it's a song that's essentially about a breakup, but it's not a sad song. It's a positive song. It's about moving forward and it's about, you know, um, pushing past the different boundaries in your life. Uh, I was going through a breakup and I, at the time I was, uh, I ended up traveling through Europe. I quit my job and I was kind of, you know, moping around and taking a bunch of different small planes through Europe, which, I mean, obviously sounds very luxurious, but it was kind of a difficult time. But I just remember staring out 
at um, the runways when I was on these planes and I, you know, it was kind of a recurring theme of me just sort of looking at these colored lights flashing. And I actually wrote the entire song on a plane. Um, I, I had written the entire song by the time that, uh, that the plane touched down. And so um, it's cool. You know, it's a song about, you know, reflecting on the past, but also moving forward and feeling optimistic about the future. You know what's funny? Don't laugh at me when I tell you this, but when I saw the title... First of all, I thought it was it was Runaway Lights when I first got the thing. I was like, okay, so I, re- yeah, yeah. I reread it, and then I was like, yeah. okay, it's Runaway Lights. And then yeah. I thought it was going to be a song about like some kind of fashion model thing. So- you know what? That's so <laughs> funny that you say that. It's, a, it's so funny you say that because you're not the first person to say that. And I actually, through the whole process of writing it and recording it, I never put together that it had any connotation to do with, you know, like runways and fashion and modeling and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely not about that. I mean, you can play it on the runway if you want while you're walking down. But yeah, it's so funny though. It's way, it's funny how you kind of you 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 um, put your own kind of vision into something and you never look at it from the other side. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it was just something that popped up. I was like, oh yeah, so definitely have a remix made so that they can play it on the runway. It'll be fantastic. Uh, now I wanted to ask you too, with regards to you know producing the song, who helped who helped put this together with you? So I, as I said, I wrote the song on the plane, and then I, I brought it to a good friend of mine, and he's a great musical um, collaborator of mine named Andrew Dawson in Toronto, and he helped me come up with sort of the chordal structure and the arrangement for the song. Then we recorded a quick demo of that and brought it to a producer that I know named Rob Wells. He's amazing. He's worked with Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, the Backstreet Boys, a lot of amazing pop acts. We decided to get into the studio and record the song, and the, the vibe that he had for it and the, the flavor that he put on it and, and all of the production elements are absolutely incredible. I feel like he nailed it. Now, when it comes to the full-length album, will that be out before the end of the year? And is it going to be something where it's a bunch of different songs or do you have some kind of like theme plot sort of in your mind? Well, I think the album kind of goes on a, a couple of different journeys. There's definitely one relationship that is a sort of was a lot of the source material for the writing of, of the album and then obviously the subsequent breakup of that relationship. So there's a bit of an, a narrative arc there. And then otherwise, it's really just songs that I feel like are really positive, upbeat, that get people dancing, that make people feel happy, and that are just about, you know, total positivity and inclusion and, you know, making the most of your day. Um, the album will be out at some point, either end of this year or very early next year. Uh, I think the goal right now is actually to time it with a Netflix series that I just finished filming so that we can get the most sort of um, bang for our buck in terms of like press attention and stuff like that. Um, and that Netflix series is called Spinning Out. It stars January Jones, and it should be coming to Netflix uh, either later this year or very early next year. Same with the album. It's funny that you actually brought up both these things because I, I wanted to ask you, ha- has it been challenging for you to try to balance both? your acting and your singing because that takes up a lot of time on its own let alone balancing it with something else yeah i i feel like it i feel like i would probably sound a little bit arrogant if i said that it was difficult to balance i mean yeah of course you know it's uh, the the it's a it's a lot of work it's a lot of hours it's a lot of like thankless work it's a lot of unpaid work but that's that's the life that you have to live in the arts so i feel like i'm in a very fortunate position right now and i feel like it's a luxury to be even having a conversation about how difficult it is to to balance these different artistic careers you know if you could actually sit down for a coffee with any artist to pick their brain about their career who would it be and why it would definitely be paul mccartney um paul's just obviously an absolute legend and a complete inspiration um i think that he he 
came upon the music industry at a, at a time where he was actually one of the sort of founding curators for, ha- for sort of writing the rubric for how everything else went after him. Um, and of course, you know, the Beatles. Um, but I just feel like he's somebody who is still actively touring. You know, this man has spent his entire life in the business and I've, I've seen him a couple of times and he still absolutely kills it at every single show that he plays. And I just think that's amazing. I, I really want to know kind of what still drives him, what fuels him. It sort of almost seems like he's addicted to performing at this point. Not that it's a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, another question for you along those lines, because I'm just kind of wondering what you're going to come up with. If you could switch places with an artist for a day just to experience what they're going through through, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know what? I've never really given that a lot of thought because I, I kind of feel like if you're an artist, you're only you can do what you can do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like only you can come up with the songs that you write or sort of the brand that you're selling or the personality that you have. So I've never really looked at it in terms of swapping with somebody else. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I guess I would swap with myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. It's yeah. funny. I think I actually asked that of another answer, uh, another artist, a dance artist, Crystal Waters, who's uh, you know very popular back in the '90s and still doing her thing. And she said the same thing. She's like, I don't want to be anybody else. She's like, I'm me. I'm like, yeah. good answer. Yeah, That's totally. That's fair. Totally. Uh, totally. Do you find that your skill sets in in the various art forms, the fact that you act, the fact that, that you sing, the fact that you uh, songwrite and all that stuff, do they each complement each other? Do you find? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think especially in the film world, I think if you're, I think if you're going to be a director, you should definitely at least take an acting class, you know, mm-hmm. just so you know what it's like to understand that experience of, you know, having like a human being and a soul kind of trying to emote and create something amongst a lot of technical elements going on. Um, so being an actor has definitely helped me as a director because um, I think those two really, really feed into each other. And then, I don't know, I think that, you know, songwriting and, 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 somewhat acting you're kind of always kind of analyzing the human condition and sort of reflecting on um you know different things that drive people and make people tick and observing the world um and i I think those two things really go hand in hand as well where do you hope to see yourself within the next like 18 months to two years i mean just the fact that i can say for the first time in my life after you know essentially making this a full-time job for myself that i'm making a living off of doing what I love um, is a complete godsend. I, I really just want to ultimately be, you know, making a living. Um, I think myself and a lot of artists can talk about times in their life when they went into debt to <laughs> make a project happen. I went into debt to make my album happen. Um, and so I would really like to just, I would really love to just continue what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I would love to continue performing, whether it's for a crowd of a hundred or a hundred thousand um, and, and just continue creating different works that, you know, help people. And I think that now more than ever, entertainment has a, a, a role to play in not only being escapist, but also infusing social and political messages in a really subtle way that, that can uh, help move the world forward a little bit. Now, for the audience that is listening from all around the world, because we have people that are listening over in Asia and in England yeah. and all that sort of good stuff, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, like, what would you say to them? What makes Will Bo stand out uh, from the crowd that they should give you a listen? Well, I think that uh, this song 
is a re- I mean, I'm one to talk. I wrote it, but I think it's a really <laughs> catchy song with a really relatable message that a lot of people have gone through. And I think that when you're going through anything in your life, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a death, whether it's a loss, or whether it's even just some self-esteem motivational problems, and regardless of whether you're an artist or whether you work in finance, I think that there's always a great piece of music that you can put on that can turn your mood around. And I hope that this can be that song for you. That's awesome. Well, Will, thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. Uh, You're extremely well-spoken, and I appreciate that, and I wish you all the best of luck, and you're welcome back on the program anytime. Thank you. I would love to join you again when the record's out. Thank you so much. That is recording artist Will Bowes. Grab all of his social media handles from his website, willbowes.com. Well, as always, thank you so much for spending time with us on the program. We appreciate it very much. Of course, a big shout out to our guests, Daniel Wesley, Sharon Highland, and Will Bowes. My thanks, of course, going out to our super producer, Adam Brisson, for pushing all the right buttons. And please don't forget to subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. And of course, check out our interviews on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Kelly Alexander Show. Have an amazing week. You and I'll chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.